0: I am one of your hosts, Raquel, and I am here with Khalil. Hello.
1: Hello.
0: Um, sadly, we do not have a Henning this week. Um, he's uh, he's off at, at a um, a conflict resolution retreat with Evil Henning to see if they can't you know come together and and understand each other just a little bit better and maybe Evil Henning won't be so evil.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, they're I trying, think so they're too. They're trying to work I it think out. I
0: so too. I mean, look, if if Henning and Evil Henning can work it out, right? Then yeah. I think world peace is achievable.
1: I mean, that it would be immediate world world peace world peace if that happens. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, if you break it down, you always end in the end. You always end with Henning and Evil Henning. So if they can, re- that's the, like the ultimate source of all. Uh, you know, mm. conflict. So, if they like, it's it's just right there at the heart of everything. And if they can create this peace, then suddenly uh, everything will resolve itself into flowers.
0: That sounds good. That sounds very good. I support this.
1: Very good. So, su- so we okay. we yeah. So we su- we support Henning uh, in this um, endeavor and that's why um yeah that's why he's not here today yeah and we're still so, doing the show so that's right
0: that's right cuz this is what Henning would
1: want yes that's what he would want actually i'm sure he said that at some point in time <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay uh, oh, anyway
1: anyway do we have an animal for him uh or do um, we, we don't need it
0: today? i i mean not not yet no
1: no that's fine
0: <laughs> we don't need it <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, <clears throat>
0: Maybe we'll come with them before the end of the, the episode But Yeah, sure um, Yeah But what's new? What's exciting? Uh, what's uh, what's yeah. happening?
1: Uh, What's new? What's exciting? So there's a lot of exciting stuff on the internet going on Yes Yes, um, yes. But to be quite honest um, It has all passed me by So <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, I can tell you, so today NPM, uh, released a blog post, uh, uh about a, a security issue that happened. Um, okay. the internet was a Twitter yesterday. Um, there was somebody who created a module called CrossEnv, which is very similar to another module called cross hyphen env.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and, uh, so we've known this for a while, right? Like, like think of it as, as a potential security issue in which, um, somebody decides to create a module that is very similarly named, maybe with a typo, Mm -hmm. uh, to another module that you might use. And, um, and so like people are human and they will make mistakes on typos. Yes, and, um, and and that's just normal human behavior. Uh, but there are sadly some malicious actors out there who want to take advantage of your human nature and um, <laughs> and and basically try to do something evil. So this mm. is exactly what happened. Mm. Um, there was a, a malicious actor who has taken a bunch of of modules that are very popular. Um and found like basically created new modules that are very similar. Um have like so for example, in this case, CrossEnv um took out the hyphen, totally reasonable, understandable thing. Um, and or maybe put it in a hyphen, I, I forget, but whichever. Um, and it actually has it has the same exact code as the regular package, but there's a little piece of extra code code where it uh It'll steal your environment variables and then send it to um, a, a website called like Hack something. It was very very malicious. Uh-huh. Um, I can tell you exactly where it went. Um, it went to a place called Hack Task. So basically what they were trying to do was steal people's environment variables, which on the surface might sound like not that big a deal. But if you think about uh, continuous integration services, you might have like API keys in your environment variables there or um, tokens or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so that's bad. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so we've we've gotten rid of all of those modules. We've blocked that user um, it's, of course, not enough to simply block the user and even block their email because in this day and age, you can get email addresses for free.
2: Um, mm-hmm. So
0: basically, folks, be be careful when you're installing modules. Um, we're doing the best we can. We can't go through every single module and ensure that it is perfectly safe and secure. But if you see something that is malicious, please let us know, security at npmjs.com. Uh, we respond to those pretty much immediately because it's really important to us um, and we don't want people to be caught unawares by bad people. Mm-hmm. So so that's a thing mm. that happened.
1: Okay, wow. Yeah, I also saw actually somebody on Twitter was uh, a little bit snarky about it, but they were talking about a security issue that they were seeing with the NPX uh mm-hmm. because basically that's exactly it's it you're even more vulnerable to to those installs when you use npx because you can use npx and then and then uh, type in a module name or package name that that you have not installed yet and and then npx will install it for you and Mm -hmm. that means yeah it's even easier for these malicious packs to packages to to get onto your system Mm -hmm. so I was wondering is there anything that you could is there anything that could be done to prevent something like that I mean you would uh. have to do you would have to have some almost some some sort of uh you know mach- machine learning going on where maybe npm could could um if you type something or well, basically actually I was thinking maybe the npm client would have to have some sort of an intelligent intelligence and and basically Guess that you mistyped something, and then say, mm-hmm. uh, "Did you mean blah blah blah?"
0: Right. Right. Like so that. there, there's uh, there's actually a an algorithmic way of uh, there's a thing called a Levenstein distance, um, which is if you take two words, you can calculate the Levenstein distance. It's it ends up being some number um, that basically says these two words are really similar like really similar. Uh-huh. So, um, you could say, for example, um, we could, for example, and, and what we might do is we might take the top 1000 modules, right. Or whatever, something, this is all programmatic, so it doesn't really matter. But uh-huh. let's say we take the most popular modules, um, and you know, your expresses, your, uh, uh standard, whatever. Um, and we basically say, okay, if there are any, if anybody tries to create a module that is a Levenstein distance less than say five or something, um, so maybe instead of express, it's a, you know express with only one S mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just say, sorry, that is too similar to an extremely popular package.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: you cannot publish,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, change your name. And, uh, so that's something that we can do. Um, and we're looking into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as to now, the big question is where do we put it? Right? Like, do we put that on, uh, in the CLI? Do we put that in the registry itself? Mm-hmm. Um, that's TBD. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like having any sort of machine learning for dis- determining if a module is, uh, malicious, um, we are working with a company called Smite, S-M-Y-T-E, mm-hmm. uh, that does automated spam detection. And so okay. they've actually helped us already identify a bunch of spam packages. For some reason, people are really keen on putting phone numbers for help desk sorts of things as spam all over the registry.
2: What? Um, okay. Yeah,
0: I know. It's like 1-800-blah-blah-blah-blah. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we've we've been getting rid of those. Um, because those are they follow a pretty common pattern and we can we can block those pretty easily malicious code however is a little bit harder to detect um, because sometimes people make brand new modules that just do like you know console.log boom right and like that's not actually malicious that's just somebody trying to learn and understand how things work um, we've seen some code that'll like execute Google Analytics code and like that one's a little bit shady, right? It's a little bit gray area. It's like Google Analytics. It's not actually malicious. It's just kind of creepy. Um, so yeah. it's like, uh, where does that fall on that on that you know side of things? Um, and then actually executing malicious code that requires a human to take a look at it. I'm sure we could probably come up with um, other sorts of things. Now another thing that we We've also partnered with the Node Security Project over at Lyft Security, um, and mm-hmm. they have every single module that's ever been published, um, and they, they have like shasums and, and all sorts of cool nifty features that they've got in-house. And what they can do is they can take a snippet of, of code and compare it, like check it across all of the modules and see if there are any other modules that have that same snippet of code. And then they can alert us and say, "Hey, wait a second! Like these fifteen modules are all doing the same thing, and it's all malicious. Nuke them all!" And we go, "Roger that!" And we nuke them all.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, so there's there's lots of little ways that we can do it. There's unfortunately no like very simple way to say no more spam and no more no more malicious code. It's it's we would have to like have somebody look at it every single module, which people are publishing modules like (laughs) multiple times. Like we're getting, I think it's like when I first started, people were publishing once every two minutes. I think that's changed significantly. (laughs) It's now like, like once every two seconds or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so people are publishing a lot and there's no way any, any group of humans could really go through and, and check to see if it's malicious or not. So, um, just beware And, um, like check out a package page before you before you install a thing. Make sure you're not doing a typo, um, stuff like that. So, you know, it's the internet. Yeah. Be careful. Be well, careful. It's good to know
1: that you that you're working on all that stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Cause we care. We don't want it to be broken. Um. So yeah. So that's happening. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last week I went to node summit, um, mm. my last conference of the year. So, uh,
1: officially, uh, you're out officially of the last
0: one I'm done with conferences for 2017. I'm so excited. Nice. Um, and, uh, I got to MC the event, which was really fun. Um, nice. got to hang out, with lots of really cool people and, um, uh, and actually, so, I, I sat down, like we, we had like seven minutes, 10 minutes or something, um, where like one of the tracks was behind and then, um, I was on the main stage and we were, we were done and we were waiting to kind of like, cause everything, everyone was going to be coming together to the main stage again. So we needed to give people a little bit of time to move from the tracks that were going a little bit long to get into the, into the main stage, um, auditorium and so I got to sit down and and chat with uh, one of the conference organizers, Charles Beerler, and we talked a lot about npm enterprise. And so at Node Summit, just for background, is um, an enterprise focused Node conference. So really, the big names of like PayPal and um, and eBay and Microsoft and Google and Netflix, like you know, big names. Lots of really cool companies. Um talking really about Node in the Enterprise, which, you know, six years ago would have been a silly idea. A lot of people were like, uh, yeah, right. But now like these companies are really using Node and they want to know more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this conference is for them. Anyway, so we're sitting down, we're talking about NPM Enterprise, and then like we kind of finish with that. And then um Charles says, you know, hey, does anybody else have questions for Raquel? You know, like let's, you know, we're we're just hanging out, waiting for people to fill in. And it was super awesome. There was one person uh, who who like rose his hand and was like, "Hey Raquel, you seem really cool. I would love to hear you every week. Uh, is there any chance that you do like a podcast or something?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, I did not plant this mole. I didn't. I totally didn't." <laughs> um, but he is a regular listener, so shout out to to Joseph Doyle over nice. at Node Source um who was just like you know what we gotta we gotta like you know promote reactive i love reactive <laughs> and i was like you're awesome And that's I was like,
1: awesome thanks yeah
0: so cool. so i was just like that's right you know i am on a podcast every <laughs> week it's called reactive you can check us out at reactive audio and i was like oh my god and i was like this was like the greatest like you know uh, <laughs> it was it was just fantastic. It was super super cool. That's so so,
1: cool. so shout out
0: and um,
1: that's another that's an, more proof that our listeners are awesome.
0: They are. They really really are. And <laughs> it's super cool because every conference I've been to, there's been a reactive listener at just yes. by happenstance. Like huh. like I mean, I would like to think that people, you know, find out that I'm going to be at at a, at a conference and then they're like you know i really want to meet raquel and then Mm -hmm. they pay all the monies to go to the conference or they convince their employers to let them go or whatever Mm -hmm. and then they come and meet me Mm -hmm. i'm sure that's what really happens
1: yeah of course or maybe not (laughs) definitely definitely that's how that's how it works yeah
0: yeah so anyway so that's pretty fun that's awesome cool yeah Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um, one of the coolest things I saw at that conference, um, Paul Irish came in and talked about using the Chrome debugger for debugging Node, which Uh I thought was really cool. I hadn't seen that before, mostly because I'm a manager now and I don't get to code. Uh Um, But I was like, whoa, you're using like the Chrome debugger, but... With your backend Node code, mm-hmm. that's so cool. So,
1: yeah, it is cool.
0: Yeah, so uh, when that video comes out, I'll I'll make sure we share it. Huh.
1: But how does that work? So you have some backend code,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then and then uh, so how does the in, how does the integration work? Is it is it integrated in the editor that you're using, or do you have to install so, a Node package or? Uh, no,
0: okay. So it's it's actually in Node. And you do like a, an ex- like you, you just add a command line parameter. So like a dash, dash, I forget the exact syntax. Mm-hmm. You do a dash, dash, like, you know, debugger or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, you'll get like a little message that's like, hey, you can, you can launch the debugger at this URL. And it's like a local host URL. Oh, okay. And then, uh, and then you click on that and then you can do like an inspect And you can go into the console and you can, like, put breakpoints and all sorts of things. Uh, Um, Okay. And it's really, really neat. And actually, what's also, which I thought was even cooler, was that if you, say, have a node environment already, or, like, a node process already running, you can start up a new node process and just get the PID of the process that, that is running. And then you can start the debugger on the process that's already running. Um, so you can like, you can peek into your code that's already running. So let's say you have code in production or something like mm. that. And you just want to like, um, you just want to inspect, see what the heck is going on while it's already running. You can do that. You don't have to like restart everything just to start the debugger. You can, oh. you can throw the debugger in kind of,
1: that sounds incredibly uh, useful. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's what I was thinking. I was like, what? That's so cool.
1: Wow. So, Is this something new yeah. or has this been around for a while?
0: I think it's – so I think they – there was a Google – what's Google's big conference that they do every year? Like their big Google conference, whatever. Um, so they Google. presented. Thank you. That's it. Yeah. Google mm-hmm. IO. So mm-hmm. I think they, they presented the PR <laughs> that they were putting into node, um, at Google IO. And mm-hmm. then a few weeks later it, it was merged. Oh, so okay. it's only been around for a little bit, not, not that long, only mm-hmm. since Google IO, which I think was what, May or something. Mm-hmm. So it's only been around for a few months. Um, and so I was really stoked to see it. I was like, that is super cool. Um, so I will be sharing that as soon as the videos come out, which will be sometime in the next couple of weeks, I think. I mm-hmm. hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and pa- Paul Irish came out to talk. That's that's cool. I mean, he, you don't see him a lot at all anymore. I I think no. I saw he, he was talking mm-hmm. at um, – you know, like Paul Irish was – uh, there was a point in time, I mean, he was everybody's, like, favorite uh, mm-hmm. dev- JavaScript tutorial developer, whatever, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> and But he was really, like, seriously, what, the one developer that had the biggest influence on me at a certain point in time when I was learning... Uh, yeah. from the JavaScript and jQuery stuff. And he did those videos, you know, 10 things I learned about while mm-hmm. uh, fr- from reading jQuery code or something like that. And <clears throat> his talks on um, performance and how to do, how to use jQuery properly and all this stuff. There was mm-hmm. so many, so many things or modernizer, the, that modern, he made modernizer with some, well, he didn't make it, but he had a talk on modernizer or something. <clears throat> modernizer JS. And there was so many things that were so eye-opening and he had a really concise and good way to present it. It was very influential for me. So he was yeah. really, really, and I, and I met him a couple of times. He, uh, so at some point years ago, I mean, this must have been like four years ago or so, uh, he, I was tweeting at him or something, uh, and, and then he saw that I was in Stuttgart, and he said, hey, um, you live in Stuttgart, my brother is stationed in Stuttgart, because we have, you know, a US Army base yeah. here. Yeah. And so he said his brother was stationed there, and I'm, I visit him like every, every year or something. And so th- this was the last year he would come to visit his brother, because it was the last year his brother would be there. And then... And then and then I, I'm like, so hey, cool, yeah, just uh, you know, like if if you wanna if you wanna you know do something or come to a, some, I don't know like I was what was I what was I suggesting maybe to do a meetup I think yeah to to do a meetup um, in Stuttgart you know with Paul Irish and just JavaScript heads or something and um, so we're talking about that and at some point the smashing magazine guys got wind of it and then they created a huge meetup in stuttgart (laughs) took it on the big smashing man swooped in and they meet but they made a cool event i mean there was um uh oh man what's his name again i haven't i haven't read his blog in a long time this this guy who was working for firefox before he had he has this long red hair he's he's like a developer uh, yes yeah Yeah. christian he was talking there paul irish was talking there and i think there was maybe somebody else or was just the two i don't know and yeah they were like i don't know maybe 100 people or something it was in a cool location and everything and uh yeah so so we went there and and we talked for a brief minute or so Yeah, it was cool. It was cool to meet him. He's a really cool dude. Um, He's
0: super, super cool. I, um, I've met him a few times. I remember the first time I met him, um, I was like, I like, so I knew Rebecca Murphy, Mm
2: -hmm. um, and
0: I'd met Adam Sontag, um, and, um, and so, like, they were both part of the Yay Query podcast. Mm-hmm. There was like a huge podcast, like legendary. a video podcast, legendary. 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 Um, <coughs> and it was called Yay Query, and it was it was four people. Hey, who, they like, just had a
1: reunion episode. Did you did you hear about? Did that? they? Yeah, oh, yeah. no, I
0: didn't even hear about that. Yeah, yeah, um, there's
1: there's this podcast called Jay's Party, and they had a reunion. Oh yes,
0: okay, cool. <clears throat> Yeah, so anyways, I remember the first time I met Paul Irish, I was like, oh, I want to meet Paul Irish. And Rebecca was like, oh, I'll, I'll introduce you to him, no problem. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And so I got to meet him. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, I've met him, like, twice since, and mm-hmm. it's been years between each time.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: every time he remembers my name. I don't know how awesome. he does it, but he's like, hey, Raquel, good to see you again. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how do you remember my name? <laughs> 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 um. But I talked to him for a little bit after after his talk, and and he's like, yeah, I only do four talks a year now. So like, I was like, wow, this feels really special that like you got to like, you know, do this uh, here at at Node Summit, and um, and then I got to introduce him, and um and so that was that was pretty cool. He's he's definitely a legend, but I think he's also. You know, slowing down a little bit in terms of the the public speaking, but he's he hasn't slowed down at all on the like technical evangelism and like
2: mm. uh,
0: writing tutorials and and you know digging into the because he works on the on the Chrome uh, debugger and and mm-hmm. dev tools, he works on dev tools, and and he's just super cool and really nice and mm. um, yeah yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. Look at me, I'm fangirling. Yeah,
1: well, we, we, we all are when it comes to Paul.
2: I know. <laughs> and, uh,
1: I'm always wondering what he's doing now because he's not because he used to be so public with everything he was doing yes. and then as soon as he went to Google it slowed down a lot and he was just kind of mm-hmm. feels like he's just heads down doing stuff there
2: mm-hmm.
1: and working on helping the the web to get better through Chrome. Yeah. And and I'm I'm always wondering because you don't hear from him so I'm always wondering, you know, is is he is he like happy doing what he's doing or you know I think
0: so I think he is I mean I know he got married um a few years ago and so mm-hmm. like not to say that like when you get married you slow down but like he <laughs> might have like it his his priorities may have changed a oh, little yeah, that's bit for you know sure. that's for and sure. and so like um yeah so I think like I came into this industry already married so I was just like eh, whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah My priorities have been the same the whole time. (laughs) It's just, it's just,
1: it's just somehow it's so you like the whole time uh, I've been in this industry. I was just so used to, you know, him being so outspoken about, Mm -hmm. the javascript stuff and web development and stuff like his blog you know his his blog was huge too you know Mm -hmm. his blog posts his videos he was talking all the time and he would you kind of you kind of feel like you always knew what he was thinking and right now i don't know what he's thinking (laughs) and that's confusing (laughs) to me i don't know what are you doing what are you thinking i don't know ah (laughs) It's just so funny because I don't know It's very special with him for me personally, because Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way with anybody else, you
0: know? Yeah, no, I know. I mean, like no offense to Paul Irish, but that's how I feel about Rebecca Murphy, right? Like, like, when I, every time I see Rebecca Murphy, give a talk, I'm like, Oh my God, I have to go see that talk. And Mm -hmm. like, her blog was hugely influential for me. She was actually the first she was one of the first people I met in JavaScript. Actually, I think she was the first woman I met in JavaScript.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and I think that might've had like a huge impact for me just being like, Oh my God, I know who I could be when I grow up. I could be you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, so, so that was pretty huge. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so pretty exciting. <laughs> pretty.
1: Ex- That's
0: cool. <gasps> anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, our little, little JavaScript baby selves
2: (laughs) (laughs) all growing up, you know?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Like, I feel like, I feel like now there aren't quite, because the community has grown so much, Mm. you don't have really, like, you can't really point to one or two or even like five people who are like the big influential Mm. people anymore. Mm. You know, like, like it's, it's gotten much more saturated with like thought leaders and, and stuff like that. And I think, people have like the people that they care about, but not everybody can like, there aren't other Rebecca Murphy's and Paul Irishes necessarily in the same way. Like Tom Dale, you could argue is like a pretty big name, but like, if you don't do any Ember, Mm. you might not know his name. Um, and, and so like, it's, it's like kind that. of
1: split up in those camps into the mm. framework camps a little bit, right? And then yeah. also not only frameworks, but also then you, also you have in the CSS world, you have certain people in mm-hmm. web design, you have certain people. Um, mm. And definitely, you know, the Angular people have their people, the React people have their people who are influential. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm sure that in those worlds, they are big to those people mm-hmm. that are really yeah. into that framework. Oh, absolutely. A specific framework.
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: for me because but for me it's just like you said because also I mean I'm sure it's similar for you cuz you're not so deep in technology anymore anyway and 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 for me because I'm not so because I'm when it comes to JavaScript frameworks I'm I'm I I know them all, always look at all of them and try them out and everything and I'm not super loyal to just one of them and
2: mm-hmm.
1: super deep into one of them and that's why I also and you don't have that yeah, you don't have you don't have anybody that's kind of meta over that, you
0: know right like, right, yeah. I mean maybe Brendan Ike, but even then, mm-hmm. like eh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, I know certainly in the node community, like you know you have certain names sure that's node special,
2: then, right that's node yeah, right, yeah.
0: yeah, exactly, and then so it's. It's really entertaining.
1: It's maybe just because we we don't see anybody because we're right we're right there we at we're at the top we're those people. Oh,
0: now. is that it? Yeah, oh, we took over. Yeah, so now that we're at the top, we can't see anybody above us. <laughs> There's okay. nobody above us. That's why. Yeah, so <laughs> not true. By the way, to your listeners, this is not true at all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> oh goodness. So anyway, yeah. so yeah, so that's that's what's been happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. What else is going on?
1: Oh, man. I'm, I'm just um, heads down at work. I'm uh, refactoring um, a little application that we've been working on, and other people have been working on a different team. We took it over from a team, and we were also participating it uh, in it in the beginning, and now it's kind of become... It's, it's basically just a registration form, but it's a really complicated one, and it is an Angular application. Which I don't really think is necessarily really the best choice for registration form, but in this case, it is what it is, and um, <clears throat> and and, and it's it works. And I mean, the, for the form part, it is really um, the whole Angular stuff is really cool because they have lots of cool things when it comes to. Working with forms and validation and everything, and but it has become quite a mess. And I am currently wading through it and uh, implementing Redux and Redux pattern into it to make it a little bit more to make the the whole the 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 how state is kept in that UI more functional and to isolate side effects. And that's actually really fun. Mm. I really enjoy refactoring for some reason I really like that really looking at like finding things that can be optimized and kind of bringing some sort of clarity into the code that makes it more maintainable is something that I really enjoy doing because because I'm so frustrated by code that is messy that that you don't understand easily or even if you understand it you constantly have to keep track of so many things in your head that when you move up, when you move away, uh, when you move on to a different file, you have already forgotten what was important in the other file because everything is so mixed Mm. up, you know, and, and Redux is a really good tool to, um, just to separate the things a little bit, to separate, um, uh, responsibilities and, uh, just, uh, management of the, how state Mm. is managed and stuff like that, because it doesn't live, in, in a component, you don't mix how the 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 mutation of the state with where the state is held, and and then call APIs at the same time and stuff like that. It's just all neatly, yeah, put in its place, and that's really cool. And I've I've been before that I've been evalu- evaluating um a few possibilities for that because there's uh, so in Angular there have. Uh, they they have a community project or a a repository that is that is maintained by um mainly one person i think and i don't think that he's working at google or part of the angular team and it's the ngrx repository and there's all kinds Mm. of um you know tool to basically little libraries that you can use with angular in order to do stuff and and one of them is like a Redux library that works with RxJS. So with reactive programming and I've been, I, I looked at it and I kind of find, I, I I I was not super happy with it. Like it was a little bit over engineered. There's like too many things you'd have to, it was too clever for me a little bit.
2: Clever. Yeah.
0: Oh
1: yeah. And uh and it was making use of typescript to a very uh i would say advanced degree also and types and stuff and it, it to for me it i could have you know uh gone into it and and learned it um a little deeper and, and 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 use it and stuff but i really I, i'm really turned off by as soon as i get the feeling I try to understand it, and I and I understand it how it works in general. And okay, you have to write the code like this, and you have to do use this decorator there, and then you have to. But it just it just looked to me that there are so so many simple things that were in their best practices project that they had their example project with best practices. There were so many things mm. that were done. So there were so more so much more elaborate than than I feel like they have to be. Uh, because I feel like that Redux is actually an actually pretty simple pattern that doesn't need that much. And uh, even the Redux library from, from um, what's his name again? Dan Abramov <coughs> and the implementation that they're using mm-hmm. in React, I also find a little bit too much. That's why a while ago I wrote my own RxJS Redux library and... Um, and i've been iterating on it and was in and it, it i was very in, i was actually influenced by the ngrx library now because there were some ideas in there that i liked and and then also i was influenced by a little a little uh, repository called redux observable which actually which is from I think Ben Lesh and one of his ex-colleagues from Netflix—they—they they built this little library that allows you to do asynchronous stuff in Redux with RxJS instead of just you know normal promises or whatever—and um, so with reactive programming. And then have whatever comes back from the from the um, asynchronous operation that you're doing and the observable that comes back from that—it would then kind of feed an action back into the redux pattern which then like that it seamlessly integrates into redux and i took their ideas and just used that in my little thing and <clears throat> and so far and, so, and i've just been implementing that in our code and and so far i really like it and it's really straightforward and nice and, and and simple as simple as it can be but cuz it's not necessarily once you have to implement some some sort of a, a pattern like that into your code is not necessarily simple so to speak anymore but but it is it is for me it's as simple as it can be and and um it that's that's fun i like that it's cool it's very cool. interesting and i'm planning on i really uh, since i enjoy it so much i was thinking on uh, uh, thinking about maybe to work to to put some more work into the the little library that I made and like really write some proper documentation with you know little examples and and maybe send out some whenever there's a conference coming my way maybe send in a, prepos- a talk proposition for that mm-hmm. to, you know stuff like that that's kind of cool. that's that's kind of uh, has been do- dominating my days when it comes to JavaScript and stuff recently. <laughs>
0: Oh, poor thing. You have work to do <laughs> so yeah. much work to do. It's all good. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Oh, no, that's good. Yeah. yeah. I've been super busy as well. Um, just going through, uh, Oh, just, you know, doing all the work, the work, um, <laughs> the work. just all of it. I just do all the work. Um, that's good. But, uh, no, I have about mm, eight people reporting to me right now, and eight? I'm about to add a ninth. Yeah, okay, okay. yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, and so that's happening. Mm-hmm. But um, we uh, we have a job opening, by the way, for oh, people. Cool. Um, we are hiring a project manager, oh. full time project manager. Okay. Um, now sadly, this is not uh, open to uh like it it needs to be somebody local um so uh somebody in the bay area or at least uh i feel like i'm about to get in trouble for this one but willing to relocate to san francisco (laughs) um there's like a big meme about that uh recently but anyway um i missed that so that's okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> then don't worry about it. Okay. Um, so, so, what yeah, is, so
1: this, Hey, what are you looking, uh, looking for in a project manager? Does they, do they have to be technical?
0: Um, so oh, everything that we do at NPM is extremely technical. So somebody who's not afraid of that, right? Like you got to right. not be afraid of technical stuff. Um I, for one, am very willing to explain things from like a like. A, I tell a lot of people that I I may like be an engineer, um, but I, I store all of the technical knowledge um, in the voice of a five year old in my brain. So I'm really good at explaining things like I'm talking to a five year old. Um, and so if if you're willing to like if a project manager is willing to dig into the technical stuff, um, that is totally cool. Um, somebody who is technical but just really loves project management um, would also do really, really well. Um, this, is, like, this position is, is interesting because unlike larger companies where you'll maybe have like, a project manager for a team or a group or something like that, this project manager would be for the entire company. So it's, it's a huge job um so every single project that we've got going on like this person would need to keep track of all of it um which fortunately we're a pretty small team so there's not really more than like two or three really big projects happening at the same time okay um so it's not like all right you project manager keep track of these 15 things (laughs) 15 projects and we need status updates on everything all the time uh (laughs) no that'd be impossible um but for the most part there's like I think, like, right now, there's two really big projects happening, um, and then, like, a few smaller projects, and then there's, like, lots of itty-bitty little projects, but those are so self-managed that they're, they don't need, like, the oversight of a, of a project manager on those, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, yeah, it's a big ask, mm-hmm. I'm, I know that finding this person is going to be tricky, mm-hmm. but if you know somebody who might fit the bill, like please ask them to apply. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah. So that's happening. That's happening. That's cool. Yeah. Because I I was
1: asking the questions because um, I've come across some project managers that were managing technical projects, but didn't really understand what it really entails to, Mm to, 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 do that stuff and how you know what it, mm-hmm. does it entail to program a website and or a shop or whatever you're doing like yeah like when the programmer says no this will take this amount of time or it's important it would be important to do a refactoring or write tests and stuff like that this needs to be mm-hmm. i think uh, project managers should have some sort of an idea why that is important for especially right. kind of long-lived projects and stuff. And mm-hmm. and I met, you know, a bunch of them that just didn't be- and and they they weren't capable really to understand it because well, they would have been they're capable but they just never really dove into the technical part enough in my opinion mm-hmm. for them to really get a sense for it because it's really difficult to get a sense for it when just somebody mm-hmm. explain when somebody just explains it to you you have to kind of experience right. it to a certain degree in order to get a feeling, right? It's it's really right. hard to just yeah. imagine how much yeah. complication uh, you know occurs in a in a programming project and and um, it always seems it always seems easy. I mean, developers do those make those mistakes all the time too, right? That they say, oh yeah, this mm-hmm. this the feature is I can do this quickly, and then it takes ten months, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! But it's true. It's totally true. Uh, I've, I've I've definitely seen that. <laughs> definitely done that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we all do. It. Yeah. 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 I mean, de- definitely somebody who has experience doing this stuff. Um, this is probably not the right role for somebody who's like, uh, I'm looking to branch into project management. Like, I support people looking to branch into project management. Um, that's fantastic. Uh, but this, this role really needs somebody who's done this for a while because um, the, this project manager is going to get thrown into the deep end mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be an interesting challenge uh, for somebody who's been doing this for a while. Uh, if, if you're brand new to it, it's going <laughs> to like, it, it, it's just going to suck. It's yeah. going to suck it's for somebody suck who's for brand new God. to it. And I totally. don't want people to hate their jobs. So yeah. Um,
2: wants that. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Okay. Don't so. The job. so yeah.
0: Good to
1: know. Everybody knows sending yep. your applications.
0: Exactly. Good. Send those in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to think of what else has been going on. Ooh. Okay. So this is kind of cool. Um, so, okay. i I've, 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 thought of a, of an animal, by the way. Um, so NPM has recently adopted a wombat, like an actual real live wombat, um, in Australia. (laughs) Um, there is a, there's this really amazing, so all over Australia, there are sanctuaries for animals, um, who maybe have gotten hurt or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, have been abandoned or, Oh, whatever., um, and so we found this one place called Sleepy Burrows Wombat Sanctuary. it's just outside of sydney. and um, and it's just this really lovely place where the owners will take in wombats who you know need an extra hand or need some help, and they they try to get them uh, you know recuperate them to go back into the wild they they rehabilitate them mm-hmm. and so. Um, we have adopted this really adorable little wombat, a little baby wombat named Teacup, oh, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's super cute because she's like really, really tiny. Because um, she she's like too young to be outside of her mother's pouch,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, but um, but her mother is nowhere to be found. So mm-hmm. um, so there's some really cool. So that's like a, a fun thing. So oh. some wombat facts. In honor of a little teacup. Um, so, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've already shared these wombat facts before, but uh, I know them off the top of my head. So, um, <laughs> mm. uh, the first is that uh, wombats are marsupials, um, and that means they have pouches, just like kangaroos. But what's special about wombats is that their pouches are upside down because they burrow and. Um, uh, having the the pouch be upside down means that when they dig, they don't get dirt into the pouch. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, everyone's favorite wombat fact: uh, wombats poop in cubes. I think we've talked about this before.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and so, new listeners, in case you aren't aware of all of these wonderful wombat facts, now you now you have them. Uh, the um, wombats have really hard butts. Like there's there's like a, a level of like really strong cartilage um, on like just under their butts, uh, which is so that when they are running away from an enemy, they can run into their burrows. and in the event that they can't they don't get all the way in uh, in time, uh, a predator can try to bite them, but they won't get very far. Like they won't be able to latch on or anything because mm-hmm. they're not biting into muscle, they're biting into that cartilage, which doesn't really work. And so then the predators like, you know, forget it, I'm out. Um, so yay, wombats. Um also wombats are vegan. They don't eat any bugs or anything like that. So, mm. uh, which I think is also kind of cool. Um and they're mostly nocturnal. Uh they burrow, I've mentioned that. Um, and yeah, so they're they're pretty freaking cool. Um You're really not supposed to have them as pets, but some people do uh, in Australia. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, They're native to Australia. You can't really find them outside of Australia unless they're at like a zoo or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I have tried multiple times to see if we can extradite one from Australia and bring it to the United States (laughs) so that I can have it as a pet for myself. Mm -hmm. And I keep being told that that's against some sort of international law. Um, I'm just going to keep looking. I'm sure there's a loophole somewhere. Cool. So
2: yeah
1: apropos <laughs> vegan uh i've been i've been watching this um uh documentary called what the health on netflix and okay it's i i would say it's it's like a vegan propaganda kind of documentary <laughs> It definitely okay. has that uh, agenda but it was incredibly informative and really made me understand some things about um and um, animal products and eating animal based food and it actually I, i'm actually currently making an effort to to eat much much less animal based food so you know because because i was thinking about it and i was like okay you know like putting milk in my coffee having butter on the bread cheese Mm -hmm. maybe in the morning then you have some kind of form of meat with carbs or something and vegetables in Mm -hmm. at lunchtime and then in the evening maybe i would eat you know yogurt or something like that as it's like so much of it and it's not necessary for Mm -hmm. the body at all to have that much of of animal products and um animal products what am i talking about animal-based food what do you what do you what do you what do you you call it animal-based food right I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, and it's really and what happens is that you get all this uh, in your in your arteries. There's these uh, the proteins kind of coated and then it's really hard for you to uh, for the blood to flow. I mean, we we know all this basically. It's not any mm. new information, really, uh, but that is still that is that's literally true. And 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 even you know this whole kind of paleo movement there they were saying in the documentary paleo is basically means like you eat a lot of meat uh, mm-hmm. good meat right like like from from like uh yeah
0: a lot of lean lean meats that lean are
1: meats and, and from grass-fed yeah. cows and stuff like that it has to be it has to be good it can't be full of toxins and stuff but some you know lots of good meat and and fats and and then you eat vegetables really and um, and not much more and but and you lose a lot you, you lose a lot of weight and but you lose the weight cuz you're not eating as much calories um, mm. compared to eating meat with carbs and stuff and and you still get you know the the coating in your arteries and, and it's at some point i mean they they're saying that at some point those people will just fall over <laughs> oh because you know in the gym or something like that because it's just it just even though they're losing weight and they feel lighter and stuff like that it it still does that and so um i mean i don't know i'm sure this this documentary was uh, skewed towards towards you know plant-based is best um mm-hmm. but but it doesn't it didn't make me feel like now i have to go vegan or anything like that but mm-hmm. it's it really feels good to have vegan days right to me currently because i've been eating so much animal-based food uh during the last years i, I kind of grew up eating a lot of vegetarian um well okay. you know my parents and and you know that that was that was eating much less meat uh obviously obviously and uh as a vegetarian um but but now also cutting out you know all the dairy and and eggs for a little bit and it just it really feels good. It makes me feel healthy, and also, it actually also reduced cravings for me. It reduced kind of you know uh, eating lots of sweets and stuff like that. It had somehow it has this correlation for me, it. and just being mindful of that, and and kind of reducing the consumption of meat to twice a week or something like that, mm-hmm. makes makes sense. And it it's not that what what, what this watching this documentary kind of um, you know turned a switch over for me or something did something in my brain so that it made it easy for me kind of it must have also be in kind of the time and me feeling like I'm, I'm, I put on too much weight and stuff like that all this stuff coming together and it kind of m- made it happen in my brain so I could do this you know mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I feel like
2: <laughs> hey <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my dog is sleeping and dreaming right now. <laughs> that's
1: awesome. <laughs> I think he wants me to stop talking. No, uh, <laughs> he can't
2: hear you. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh,
1: that's hilarious.
2: I laughed so hard that I woke him up. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs>
1: uh, I, I was I was not sure if it was you or for a moment there. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Anyway, what I wanted to say is that uh, yeah, it, there was lots of interesting information in there. I definitely recommend it, and and it feels good to to cut out the animal products for a little bit.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, no, that that sounds cool. I'll have to check out the the documentary. I mm-hmm. like um, I like varying up like my food choices uh, on the regular. I don't like eating all the same thing every meal, although. Mm-hmm. Some days I really wish that there was like the human equivalent of dog food because it would just (laughs) be so great to not have to choose what to eat. Uh And I know that there's like, what's that thing called? Um, uh, Soylent. And I can't, I can't with the Soylent. That's like, that's not food. That's like a milkshake or something. And gross. Anyway, um, (laughs) are, are you familiar with Soylent? I've, I've heard of it, yeah. yeah it's just started yeah. also, right? Mm. Yeah. Valley. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, I I do like mixing up my food. I had a really awesome salad today, which happened to be vegan, actually. Um, nice. Just, you know, by happenstance. I like vegetables. I like vegetables a lot. Vegetables I remember meeting somebody who was vegetarian but didn't like vegetables, and I was just very confused, <laughs> very,
1: very confused. I was like, yeah, I what mean, do you eat? They eat they eat French fries and cheese, I guess. Yes,
0: pizza. A lot of pizza pizza,
1: pizza, pizza and,
0: yeah. and pasta. And I was just like, That's not <laughs> That's healthy. Not healthy.
1: <laughs> Might as well eat meat at that point. Might yeah, healthy, right.
0: Like, no, come <laughs> on. although oh, I did learn the other day that Swedish fish and Oreo cookies are both vegan. So, you know. Oh. Swedish what? You, Swedish fish, fish. Um yeah. It's a, it's a, it's it's like a red licorice, basically. Oh, oh I think.
1: okay. Yeah. It's, okay, got it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting. Not everybody, you know, knows all the things I eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you can get it at, at Ikea, right? In Swedish. Oh, uh,
1: okay. Like
0: okay. No, um, but it, it's, it. it's, it's a candy. It's a candy. Yeah. And um, it's, yeah, it's vegan. So there you go. Anyway. So on that wonderful <laughs> note, um, I think it's time to wrap up. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, so you know, let's keep the conversation going in our Slack channel. Uh, it's been a little quiet recently, but my guess is that's because everybody's so busy working. Mm-hmm. Um, but there have been some really fun and cute uh, things in the happy channel. So if you're ever having a bad day. Uh, there's a guaranteed channel for just silly things there. Um, you can join us on our Slack channel by visiting our show notes, which you can find at reactive.audio.
1: That's right. And you can find us on Twitter at reactivepod. And uh, you can find Henning on Twitter as HGladogots. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, Khalil tweets on Twitter.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm RockBot on Twitter, and you can reach all of us on Twitter at ReactivePod. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it for today, and hopefully we'll chat again next week. Yes, that would be Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Good.
1: All right. Bye, bye everyone. Bye. bye.